Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington, where you will hear from the movers, shakers, and changemakers that are moving Greater Burlington forward. Here is your host, Stephen Brody. Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington. I'm your host, Stephen Brody. Jeremy Hess has served as Executive Director of Economic Development at the Greater Burlington Partnership and has been serving in this role since July of 2017. Jeremy, welcome. It's so good to have you with us today. Well, it's nice to be here. It's great being with you. Well, why don't we get started by just familiarizing the folks with economic development, your role at the Greater Burlington Partnership. What what does that entail? Well, uh, more broadly, I guess economic development uh, really encompasses all the divisions of the Greater Burlington Partnership. So when we talk about um, Convention and Visitors Bureau and downtown chamber members, all of that is, uh, it's really all economic development. Um, economic development, kind of in a nutshell, I would say is, is about um, growing and bettering our community um, so that we have a, a growing, a vibrant, a, an attractive, a good place to, and I hate the thing, the whole live, work, and play, but really it's a great um, uh, th- thing to have a, a community that's growing, that's thriving, that has good paying jobs, and so forth. I, I guess a little more technically, um, it's, it's about primarily, uh, if you were to look it up in a dictionary or a textbook, economic development is about um, growing the tax base and about um, growing um, high-quality jobs. So we can talk more about that, but that's kind of in a nutshell. Um, and again, all of the divisions of the partnership play a role in that to make sure our community is, is thriving, it's growing, and it's, you know, we're, we're, we're going someplace. Sure. Now, you've been in southeast Iowa for over 10 years. You, you moved here around 1999, Well, I, I think that would be 20 years because this is 2020. Good Lord, it is, yeah. it is that That's long. all right. No, math's not my thing either. It's okay. <laughs> and in the past 20 years, how have you seen the landscape of southeast Iowa change in terms of economic development? I know you weren't in the role, obviously, 20 years ago, but like from an observation standpoint, can you, can you look back and see, oh, I, I noticed you know, what was lacking or what wasn't there versus maybe what's, what has improved since yeah, then? Yeah, sure. So um, first of all, I would just point to, number one, quality of life, what, the, the changes that I have seen and the amenities that our community has um, to attract people and, and population and talent. Um, so, I mean, it's all kinds of things. I mean, when I first moved here, there was no fun city. There was no West Burlington pool. There was no bubble. There was, you know, all the things that we're, we're now kind of getting a little bit used to. Um, but those things didn't exist. Um, and, and people were leaving our community, even just on a weekend, to go to someplace else yeah. to do those kinds of things. Um, so, so that's one major thing is, is the amenities and the just things to do, um, not, not to mention restaurants and shopping or what have you. So yeah. um, a second thing I, is probably the most marked change that I can think of is uh, what's going on in our downtown. Um, you know, when I moved here, and so 1999, it was all still, you know, happening at the mall, and we want to see that thing be rebirthed and, and repurposed or whatever, but, uh, and downtown was kind of just, it was really, um, it was not a great place. I mean, it, it, traditionally, I would say, you know, it's like two taverns and three craft stores, um, and, and I know that that's probably not exactly the case, but that's how it felt 
nobody was going downtown. And, and this community had some champions who just were not going to allow that to die. Yeah. And they uh, they tackled it uh, with the partnership um, and some and, and folks here. There's a lot, a lot of investment, and now you know. And I always I kind of joke a little bit because I'm not. I'm not your historical building guy. I mean, that's just uh, whatever. Um, and, and at that time, it was more of a just just bulldoze it and let's start over. Let's make something new. And 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 thank God that there were people that had the vision that knew that that was not the best course of action, and they stuck with it. And through a lot of hard work and a lot of investment. Um, our downtown now is a destination. It's a place, and it's growing, and there's more things coming. So, um, you know, from an industrial side, um, you know, we've seen a lot of change. We've seen a lot of um, organizations that had moved out and started producing things in Mexico. Um, And so there was, you know, a swing in there for a while with job losses, but we've always seen somebody move back into a building, move back a, a new industry and so forth. So, um, I, I think that's just looking back, and again, didn't always have the lens of a, an economic development thing going on. But I, I, I just know from a, a Joe Blow community guy, our downtown, our, our community was just didn't have a whole lot of options. And man, has that ever changed? Absolutely. Now, with economic development, there is a bit of a challenge that goes along with it. And what I mean is, oftentimes there's confidentiality. That goes along with it. I mean, you'd love to be able to promote and talk about who might want to come, but you can't necessarily do that, can you? Because there's a lot of things that are happening that may not necessarily be a good thing if that became known. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the there, it's, it's a risk. I will tell you this, that when you, as an economic developer, when you chase or, or pursue and do everything you can to um, attract a project here, um, you're gonna if you chase a hundred of them, you're gonna get one or two. Um, I mean that's just the nature of the business. It's, that's good it's to a know. very small number of projects that come. And and I don't want to spend all the time on on attraction projects because some of our best stories are, are companies that are expanding here that are homegrown okay. and so forth. Okay. However, um, so one thing um, there's times when I am just sure something's gonna happen. I'm just like, oh, this thing. I go home, I tell my wife, this is going to happen, yeah. you know? And then three days later, because of some circumstance that's completely out of my control, I didn't see coming. It's not something I screwed up, but just for whatever reason, it, it's poof, it's gone, you know? And and so I, I can, you know, I can tell you about a project that we chased um, or pursued and worked really hard for two years $590 million in capital investment, going to be 110 jobs. And it was looking good, man. We had land options. We had everything in line. And there wasn't enough pressure in the natural gas line to feed this industry. Wow. And, and you know, you, you sometimes you just don't know until you get down to the brass tacks and, um, and then poof. So if I had to run around tooting the horn saying, hey, look, we got this project coming. It's going to be great, you know, and then bingo, you kind of look, first of all, you look like a dummy because, yeah. you know, you, you said something that didn't happen. Yeah. So um, I don't ever say anything until I know um, that it's, it's, it's over the finish line. There's some ink on paper somewhere. Um, and, and, and even then, um, there's, there's things that can go sideways with, within an industry. So, yeah. 
Um, and then the other thing is, is confidentiality is so important because um, let's say that we have some land in the business park and uh, an organization is looking at it um, from a standpoint of, of starting something. And, um, and I go out and I say, um, before you know any deal is struck or whatever, there's nothing signed. Um, oh, so and so company's looking at you know this little plot of land right here. Well, there's people in this community or outside that will swoop in. They'll buy that chunk of land, and then suddenly that piece of land is tripled in price, uh-huh. and uh, and that that uh, that company's like, well, oh, sorry, we're out. You know, so. Yeah. Um, loose lips sink ships, as right. they say, yeah. and um, more than anything, you just uh, uh, and a lot of times it's a document I sign that's you know a confidentiality agreement and, and so forth. But I just don't want to do anything to jeopardize the project until um, you know things are over the finish line. Sure. Now I'm sure a lot of people would think that when a business is interested in coming to Southeast Iowa, you know, they just come and talk to Jeremy and you make it happen. But there's obviously a lot of different players that you need to work with in order to get it across the finish line with again without breaching confidentiality maybe from your experience what are the different branches of government the different branches of bureaucracies that you have to work with in order to actually have that success that you talked about sure sure so um and that's that's a great point too because um so many of these um deals whether it's uh, an expansion that's local, or it's a new business coming to town. Um, there, there are so many different aspects to what goes in. So, uh, a company. So, uh, let me just give a, a an example. Yes. So, recently, um, we've we've had some some folks come to town, and they're looking at a site. And I I want to generate excitement because I'm I'm feeling good about this. But um, they 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 have a specific process um, that has uh, a, a significant electrical requirement. Um, and they have significant gas requirement. Um, they have a significant water usage. They have a significant or potentially significant wastewater issue. Um, and so each one of those has all kinds of crazy numbers associated with it. I don't even understand how electricity works, so I'm not your guy. <laughs> but, um, I, but I know that if we get around the table... And we get the zoning individual so that we know exactly what we can and can't do on a certain piece of property or a building. We, we have the water guy from city of Burlington or city of West Burlington there. We have the wastewater treatment person there. They understand when the, the, the person says um, there are 0. 0.66 uh, parts per million of this polypeptide or whatever the heck it is in that waste stream. Um, that's got, that means nothing to me. It means something to the wastewater guy. So I don't know if we have a hurdle or, or a risk for the company or not until we get all these people around the table yeah. so that we can have the conversation. And it's, it's, we, we have great partners here in all these divisions, in all these different disciplines and industries. And it, you just never know who you're going to need on a, on a given day. But whenever we can assemble a team, build a relationship so that we, you know, make the call. It's Monday. Hey, Wednesday, we'd like to have this team around the, the table. Um, and boom, Wednesday it happens. The company's in town. They get all of their questions answered in one spot. And they so appreciate it. And it just it looks good for our community. Um, and it's what reduces risk for the company because they don't want some surprise like not having enough natural gas uh, that running by the property um, six months down the road. So 
I hope that helps. Obvious, yeah. I mean, obviously, partnerships and relationships are critical. Like you said, you've got to get a lot of people at the table, and they've got to get along with each other, right? Yeah. To, to work together to make this happen. Yeah, and, and they have to bring their expertise to bear so that they, you know, number one, they've got, you know, a boss somewhere or a, or, or a regulation to satisfy. So um, everybody wants to say yes. Um, and in economic development, that's kind of our motto. We say yes to everything until yeah. we have to say no. <laughs> yeah. um, but you have to have the people around the table that would be able to put up the, 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 the timeout sign or the pause, you know, flashing yellow that says, hey, we need to look at this. Um, what are some ways that we can overcome this hurdle so that yeah. it doesn't kill the deal or make it impossible for this company to succeed? So, Jeremy, for example, like when a business expresses an interest in wanting to come to the greater Burlington area, come wanting to come to southeast Iowa, what is it that you say? What What is the, the selling point that, that makes – Southeast Iowa, Greater Burlington, this is the destination of where you will succeed in having your operation here. Well, uh, to be honest with you, I would say that you, you, you're you going to say something different to every individual based upon the circumstances, based upon their industry, based yeah. upon their workforce needs, what are they making. You know, um, uh, I think, you know, we... we we have some great strengths here, and it's always quick to point that out. We've got 80 million people within eight hours' drive of here. So we're in the center of the country with a great customer base that they can you know, reach to and, and so forth. So if they're making products, they got customers in the area. Yeah. We're at the crossroads of the Burlington Northern and the Mississippi River, so we've got a, we're a transportation hub. Mm -hmm. You can get large amounts of whatever it is you need to our community and get it out as well. Mm -hmm. So you first of all, you talk about your, your natural strengths um, we, we also talk about our business climate, just that we're a, a business-friendly, um, industry-friendly community. So um, recently we had a, a company move here from California, not a huge deal, but just they, they, they were fleeing um, just the, the burdens that, that you know, government and, and municipalities can put in front of them yeah. that made their growth basically unbearable. I mean, they couldn't paint their shed if they didn't have, you know, six months with city council approval or whatever. And they just found our, out of, they searched, <clears throat> excuse me, 21 communities. Um, they picked Burlington and a couple other areas to come visit. We had that team assembled around the table when, when uh, that business owner came here, um, and they ended up purchasing a, a large building. Um, there, you know, again, it's it's uh, right now. A lot of people would look at it and say, "Ah, oh, it's just a small thing or whatever." But um, I have confidence that this this business, um, and I'm speaking about Deep Root Irrigation in in West Burlington, is is going to be another very similar story to what you saw at Winegard. You know, Winegard started in a, in in, in, in John's wine guard's uh, garage, and uh, and and you know grew from there, and I think. Um Deep Root Irrigation will have its world headquarters in Burlington, Iowa, when we look up in 10 years. And, and you know, I'll look, maybe I'll look like a genius then. Um, right now, it's, it's just, a, you know, it's, it's a, a business with eight employees or 10 employees or whatever, but they have such a unique product and such a, a great patent that I just think great things are going to happen. Yeah. So um, 
I'm not sure where I was going with this, other than you got to know it's got, it's a long game. Yeah, um, you have to have some foresight, um, and you have to be able to just sell your community, sell everything that's great about Iowa. I mean, from our workforce and our um, uh, work ethic yep. to um, our partnerships with um, you know the community college um, being a regional center for. Uh, healthcare and so forth. I mean, all of those things um, really play to our strengths and, and are things that we want to point out. Um, we don't talk about that it's like 20 below in February, you know, you know none <laughs> no, of that of stuff. Now we'll keep that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at the time that we're recording this, it's, it's May of 2022. There's obviously a lot of challenges right now on the economic front, inflation and higher prices on things. What are you seeing, Jeremy, in your role? How is that impacting you in terms of your role in economic development? Well, I think um, sometimes things just don't make sense in economic development. And what I mean by that is, so right now, we, yeah, high inflation. We got supply chain issues, um, you know, uh, in, in many industries. You can't get parts for this or that um, and so forth. But... In, in certain specific industries, um, things are just going gangbusters. I mean, they have carved out a niche that has developed through this pandemic um, that, that they um, – so we've got industries that are looking to, to expand here that um, they say that, that their product is – pre-sold for the next 20 years. Um, and it's, it's so that the risk to them is, is small because they, and it's, it's strange and, and I don't understand it all. I don't, you know, yeah. claim to or whatever. Um, by and large though, I, I think that, um, that we still see companies willing to risk capital um, in areas where it, the risk is small. So in, in industries that are growing, and industry sectors that are growing. So you think about renewable uh, fuels and, and those kinds of things. That's a, an energy sector that they they just can't build the thing fast enough because the market's going to be there. Um, same thing with certain um, food products and 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 uh, that kind of thing. That um, you know who who who'd have known that that this pandemic would keep us all in our house and shears uh, cookies and snacks down there. They cannot make enough cookies, crackers. I mean, they just go in all the yeah, time. What a success, huh? Yeah. So, um, and, and and it's weird. I mean, so at, at Weingard Corporation, um, you know, the, the, the pandemic kept us from um, taking, you know, vacations to Italy or whatever. So people were buying RVs. RV industry's gone nuts. Yeah. And then they make all the communication devices for the RVs. And so they're, you know, scrambling to keep up. It's so, um, it, it, it's, it's been a little bit of a... Um, I don't want to say feast or famine, but it's been the story of two tales. I mean, we've seen some industries just really hit hard, and they're really struggling. You know, I feel very badly for our folks in the in the services industry with, you know, either restaurants or, or whatever that that are struggling to find people. Um, um, and and really, people's are 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 our most critical area of concern. We we need you know we, every industry needs yeah. workers. Um, so it is fascinating that when we talk about the pandemic, the knee-jerk reaction is negative. But as you do talk to different folks in, in different businesses and industries, you do find 
that there has been a lot of silver linings, that there has been positives that have come out of it. And you, you just mentioned a couple of those examples. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other thing too is, is uh, we've just discovered now that suddenly people in certain industries can work from anywhere. And yeah. so um, I think we're seeing, you know, it's not a floodgate or anything and it, sometimes it's anecdotal, but we are seeing people that, um, so I'll give an example. There's a physician um, that that um, you know has lived in Chicago and practiced in Chicago for many years. Suddenly now, because her spouse, that physician's spouse, is um, is uh, able to work from home now. They're they're coming to the Greater Burlington area. She can practice medicine here in a town that she gets to know her patients. Um, you know, commutes are easy. They you know they've been looking for a way to flee the big city, yeah. but but because the spouse had to go to work in this, you know, 200-story uh, building, um, and now it, it doesn't have to. So they're, they're coming here, and they're like, man, you know, houses are, are, are much more affordable, commute times are great, and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I think, you know, the... the <clears throat> People issue that we um, that we're, we've talked, I mentioned, um, yeah. is actually a little better or could be better if we can capture it and get these folks to move to our community. Yeah, I, I love to ask this question, but I, I think I know what the answer is going to be. I don't think there is such a thing as a typical day in the life of an economic developer. When, when you come to work each morning, it, it can't be the same thing every day, right? No, it's, it's <laughs> never the same thing. Um, and um, and that's, that's a good thing. That keeps the job fresh. And especially, you know, a little, um, you know, information on me. I'm, 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 a, I'm kind of a salesperson. I, I, I've been in sales before. And, and so when, when you're wired for sales, um, you, you love the, quote, thrill of the kill. You got to, you know, uh, you kill what you eat and you eat what you kill or whatever that thing is. Anyway, but you, uh, um, and, and so when you only get to, to seal a deal or help some project move along one or two times out of a hundred, you can get a little, a little frazzled, you know? And so, so the, the freshness of the job has to come from some place else because you're not and we say you're not selling shoes you're not selling a dozen pair a week you're 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 closing two three projects a year if you're if you're doing well so um anyway it's it's uh but the you know the day-to-day there is no grind um it's it's something different it's something new one day we're talking about the pitch of a roof over here that's got to be at such and such degree (laughs) and the next day we're talking about what's kind of fat cells are in the water stream, you know? So you never know what you're going to get. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's the best part, though, is working with, uh, w- working with people, um, building those relationships and, and building a trust so that um, when someone's going, doing well and they want to grow, uh, you've got that relationship. When it's not going well and they need some help, um, it's better to be able to have that relationship so you can find out, is there something we can do to help this person through, you know, this organization through a, a, a stretch um, and, and, uh, and keep, get them on the other side? So uh, relationships are key, but uh, yeah, no, there's no, uh, n- never a two days in a row are the same. You're learning a lot on this job, aren't you? Yeah, I'm forgetting some things too, um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, and really, it's. I I, I know that there's um, there's a lot of 
um, study that goes into economic development. There's a, a whole macro kind of look at things and, and industry trends and so forth. But really on the ground in our community, um, it's, uh, um, it's the old saying of people who do business with people they like to do business with. And, yeah. and so having a, a positive attitude and an upbeat um, personality and, 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 you know, keeping things light, keeping things moving, but yet getting them the answers that they need because they have shareholders to answer to or so forth. But um, that, that's, that's the best thing I think a local um, economic developer can do is to, to be that positive person for your community, know your strengths, um, and there's lots of other tools. Look, we go into, we've got to have inventory of sites. And, and a site is not 40 acres out in the middle of the country. It's 40, a site is something that has all the infrastructure right there. And, yeah. you know, so you, you've got to have all these other things and you've got to market and you've got to, you know, um, but at the end of the day, when the call comes in, and it's a fella or a gal on the other end that's looking at your community, man, you got to sell them on it. And you got to be positive. And then when they hang up the phone, you want them saying, I think we could do something there. Yeah. I mean, that, that guy seemed like he could, that's no problem. So, yeah. yeah. And you make an excellent point, too, about the fact that you've got many plates spinning at the same time, many different projects. And, you know, if, if, you, were, if you were an athlete and your batting average was like one out of 10, man, you'd be back in the minor leagues. Yeah. But you nail that one project out of 10, I mean, th- that could be such a huge success for the region and that's going to make you feel awesome because that particular project could bring so many jobs and so much you know, revenue into the economy. So you have to be update, upbeat. You have to remain positive. Yeah, that's true. But also, I think it's important, You know, first of all, I do. I think of um, families that each one of these projects um, impacts. I mean, that's somebody who can have a job that can have a fulfilling career or a life, um, but their kids are going to go to our school, they're going to live here, and they're going to pay taxes in our community and and so forth. So every one of these jobs matters um, at, to a life. And so you can never lose sight of that. But the other thing I've kind of learned too is, is I, I don't want to say I never swing for the fence, but you can't just swing for the fence. Um, we don't, I don't um, really get too jazzed. Sometimes I get an email and it's from the state and they're like, hey, we've got this 560 person employment chicken plucking factory or, or, or some other crazy thing. <laughs> and um, I'm like, no, we, we're, not, we're not spending time on that because we don't have the workforce to try and fill 560 jobs of folks who want to get paid eight bucks an hour to pluck chickens. And you're comfortable enough to say no. Yeah, absolutely. You okay. got to know. So we're way better off trying to hit some singles uh, and the occasional double, um, you know, where it's... Um, it, oh, just, I know it's not a big deal, but like the Frito-Lay little distribution center that's in our business park, you know, it's going to be about 12 jobs, but that used to be a farm field that was taxed at 116 bucks a year for the county. Um, that's now, you know, got a $2 million facility on it. They're going to employ 12 people. Um, and it fits well within our community. They don't pluck any chickens there. Um, and uh, it's, it's, those are the kinds of things that, um, what, what can we do to help our, our, our local um, industries expand and add uh, a new line of production, help them get some state incentive funds to, to put in a new automated line that allows them to hire 
three more people or five more people. So, um, yes, uh, economic developers, we dream about landing the next Amazon 2 Prime <laughs> location here, but it can, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and we couldn't support it anyway. Um, and so we, we go after the areas of our strengths and we keep it real. And, you know, you know, and then I think that's the best way. And that seems to have worked. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, we, we can't talk about wins without talking about losses. And, and you know, examples are, um, you know, like the Siemens facility that was here for so many years, just great paying jobs, good people that cared deeply about their work. Um, and then one day, um, you know, the company, which is a global company with, you know, 60,000 employees and X billion dollar company, um, they just move pieces around on a chessboard and they say, in six months, you're done, you know? Um, we saw that with ABB. Um, and uh, so, at, on the one hand, you never take your eye off um, the, the job attraction business because um, you never know when someone's going to, you know, move their piece around on the chessboard. Um, but then we also have to run really hard at helping our local businesses grow, um, doing what we can to attract talent, um, getting kids um, in our school systems uh, aware of the wonderful career paths that are, you know, right here in their community that um, and changing that, that concept of what manufacturing is. Um, and then I, lastly, I'll just yep. touch on... Um, I really spend a lot of time as uh, as possible or as as we can to um, uh, diversity of industry. So we we hear a lot about diversity in in other areas, but but if, if we if all we do is make widgets um, and the widget industry goes down or something changes in the economy, we're, we've got all of our eggs in one basket, and we really need to focus on what new emerging technologies and, and businesses can we attract to our community so that it's a whole different sector. It's going to attract a whole different kind of workforce. It's going to pay a whole different kind of scale. Um, and it will put us on the map for, you know, the next 50 years. So um, you got to dream a little. You got to play it safe when you can and get those singles. But then um, we got we to gotta chase things that are sometimes out of what we've seen here for the last 50 or 100 years. Sure. Well, you never know who's going to be listening to this podcast. It could be someone here in the Burlington area, and it could be someone somewhere else in the country because that's the beautiful thing with podcasts. So if someone's listening to this program and they want to get a hold of Jeremy Hess to talk about what's great and you know want to bring their business here, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so um, hitting our website, greaterburlington.com. Um, give you a little bit of background about the community and then you'll see my mug on there and there's a link to my email uh, and so forth. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to give my cell phone out today, um, um, but uh, I, I've already heard that my car warranty might be expiring, so I need to look into that. Um, but uh, so really our, getting on our website um, or, or uh, simply Googling the Greater Burlington Partnership, you'll find us, um, call the office, um, uh, shoot me an email. Um, but, you know, most of these uh, industries and these leaders, uh, they're very smart people. Um, they know how to find you. Um, and, uh, while we do everything we can to, to, to make sure we're reaching out to them, um, 
there's there's uh, there's there's greatness in, in just being able to click a website and you know take a look at a building and then there's my name and number under each one of those. So yeah, I I, I think that we have really good things. I think we're going to have some some great announcements um, uh, in in the in the near future. Some some really good um, potential for things, and and I'm positive, um, but. There is no ink on that paper yet, so we're going to hold <laughs> off. Whoa, Nelly. Well, wonderful. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for coming in today and giving us a better idea about We're done who, already? who you are. Yep, who you are, what you do, and what makes uh, all things Greater Burlington for economic development. So appreciate your time. Yeah, man, I'm just getting started. So I told you it was going to go fast. Yeah, well, appreciate it. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for watching and watching. Thank you very much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe when, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. You have been listening to All Things Greater Burlington with Stephen Brody. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to catch all new episodes. To learn more about all things Greater Burlington, visit greaterburlington.com slash ATGB.